0: where I find my clients or they find me and where you can find them too without getting your boobs out on socials. All right, I am not anti-marketing. Heck, you are listening to me on a podcast right now. Welcome back, super freak. I just know I get asked this question inside of my group training programs all the time and I thought it might be really fun to just share it on the podcast and see if you like it too. I know that for folks with businesses like mine, coaching and creative entrepreneurs and just creatives in general, when you're working very closely with people and sometimes you're their secret weapon – Or sometimes it's not really about having a public relationship or maybe you're just starting out. It can feel like you have to have all these like systems and structures set up before you're allowed to do your work, right? Like you need a website, you need an email, opt-in marketing and all that stuff. And it's very difficult to stand out when you have to write about yourself and it can feel like you're just falling in line with the system and structure of what everyone is doing and how it's supposed to be done. And then you start to wonder, how do I stand out in a crowded marketplace that's just getting bigger, full of more and more creatives and creative entrepreneurs and coaches at the moment. Now, it's just not the case that you need perfect marketing and a website and everything handled in order for it to work. And so I'm going to go into a little bit of a riff on how I think and how I've been trained to think and how I train my clients to think as well. And then I'm going to tell you a bunch of different places where I have found and created clients and where you can too as well in the hope to help you see how much closer you are to everything you want than you can possibly imagine and how it all works. So before we go on, the marketing stuff is something that you build over the long term. So I'm not a marketing expert. I'm not even a marketing person. And this episode is not even about how you can market your business. If you're a coach using marketing to grow your business and create clients is a really clever long-term strategy for longevity and for sustainability. It's a wonderful thing to do as well as being able to really serve people in ways that leverages your time and your energy and even your income. And I'll get into that, but it's just one way to find or create clients for your business. And I suggest you learn marketing from a professional. However, it's one wheel in the system. Great marketing though, it doesn't do jack all if you're not a confident coach or skilled at whatever it is that you do. Think about a builder, an architect, think about like an artist. You can have the most amazing marketing, but if it's a terrible experience, incredibly stressful working for you, all the payments are clunky, you can't get in touch with someone, customer service is terrible. Marketing will in fact kill a business as fast as it grows it if you're not actually ready for what marketing can do. Coaching is an apprenticeship career and in fact a lot of creative entrepreneurship is apprenticeship driven work and the time needs to be put into to develop the craft and the skill as much as sharing that skill and selling that skill. And I will go so far as to say, and I know this is not a popular opinion, but marketing comes second in my opinion to being amazing at what you do because being amazing at what you do will sell itself it's how it has worked for eons and marketing's cream on top now most of my clients are creatives entrepreneurs coaches or people who are working inside like working for other people as creatives inside that space as leaders inside a corporate space and they either have no idea how they're meant to begin by building these relationships or they're ready to take their career to the next level so they do what everyone else is doing and the next minute they've spent six months like perfecting their podcast but it's not really making a difference it's not really working it's not because marketing doesn't work it's that marketing is a long game like really long And the more someone can have a personal experience with you, or better yet, a trusted person that they trust gives them your name and says they've worked with you, you don't even need to do marketing if that's what happened. That's done. The more personal you can be with a person, the easier it is for them to get a feel of what it's like to work with you and ultimately decide if that's what they want to do. So if you're hiding behind your computer all the time, trying to get your logo colors right and the website just perfect and you're stressing about business isn't coming together, it's not happening as fast as I want. Think about this. People aren't getting to have an experience of you with that. So it's a long game. Take the pressure off and start focusing on building relationships. You see, there are two ways that you can operate a business like this, as in coaching or creative entrepreneurship. High touch is one and high tech is the other. Now, they both work the same way, actually. People need to know you. They need to like you. They need to trust you. And in the high tech version, that just takes time. But a certain number of people will either find you through whatever channel you've decided to share your stuff on. Maybe it's through social media. And then they'll either visit a website and then maybe they'll want to do more with you based on what they see. A lot of people will not. A very small percentage of people will sign up to something that you're offering and then a certain even smaller percentage, like really freaking small, will go on to do more with you. Like say they find you on YouTube, they sign up to an email list, then a small number of those people will sign up to like an experience or a webinar or whatever with you and then maybe a course. And in marketing, they call it conversion rates, but I really don't like to think of people as conversions when it comes to coaching. My mentor has taught me to call it the customer journey, which feels ethical to me. High touch works exactly the same way as high tech. This is what a lot of people don't understand. It's just as it sounds, it's just more high touch. So many of the folks I work with have an aversion to marketing and they want their businesses to be more high touch because they have issues with visibility or they don't want to use social media, just feels too much for the nervous system and whatever that that's perfect. And having a high touch business is so beautiful and so easy and really suited to some folks. But you have to be willing to be with the very high touch feelings of rejection that come with the fact that not everybody will become a client, just like you don't see everybody who visits your social media and goes, that person's not for me, or you don't see everyone who visits your website and doesn't like it. You do know when you're tracking and paying attention to how many people you're talking to or meeting or having conversations with about your work or your art or your business, it can feel so close to home because it's high touch. There's a higher sense of feeling of rejection if someone doesn't want to work with you. And it's no different to if you were in a high tech business, it's just that you can see it a whole lot more, which is a good thing and a negative thing. And I'll show you why in a moment. So no matter how great you are, it's still a matter of only a small number of people that you meet will wind up in a seat at the table of your coaching practice. And I'm going to use coaching practice as an example in this episode, but please know, and I'm going to give you an example of my dad later on. This is for anyone in creative entrepreneurship. Okay. So let's see how the numbers example applies to a high touch business. Okay. Let's say you go to a party and you meet a bunch of people. Say you meet 10 or 20 people and you get talking to a few of those people through the night, like a normal person, by the way, not like a client hungry creep who like can't wait to hand out their business card. You're just making small talk, right? And then in that experience of having small talk with people, even though just about everyone that you speak to asks what you do for a living, by the way, if you hate that question, it's okay. You don't need an elevator pitch. You're not pitching. You're conversing. Maybe out of all those people, maybe just one person winds up asking you more about what you do for work. Now, think about this. This is how it works in social situations. Not everybody cares. Not everybody's asking what you do because they care. They might be asking because you're in a social situation and it's a question like the weather, like travel, like it's a thing people just ask, but they don't necessarily care. So you have to understand in a high touch business, there's a paradox. You've both got to be aware that this is how a high touch business Begins the conversation of working with potential clients, but you've also got to be unattached as to who those people are and when they become a client, which is something that a lot of people find very, very difficult, especially when they start to feel the pressure is high financially or cash flow is tight. It is certainly a paradox, but it's a great skill to learn to just be not attached to where a conversation goes. It's really, really important, okay? So, 20 people talking to you at a party one person inquiring ever so slightly more about your work. That's it. It's like someone finding you on YouTube and going to your website to find out more about who you are or what you do. Larger number of people to a smaller number who are more interested. It's part of the client journey. Now of all of those people who are more interested, some of them, just a small number will want to actually work with you. That's just how it works. Okay. Now, when you delve a little deeper with somebody, you have a conversation with them about coaching or maybe about their life or whatever. And the conversation goes there. They may want to book a session. Now, maybe it's then, maybe it's later. Sometimes it's like years later, they think of you and they want to have an experience with you. And over time, they then decide they want to work with you and become a client. Technically, that's a numbers game. There's a certain number of people you speak to and meet and hang out with in life and a very small percentage of those people end up becoming clients. Now, what happens in internet marketing or high tech world, it's literally just more people seeing a website page and an even smaller number of people ending up becoming a client. And that's how marketing works, it's no different. But in tech, it's a numbers game. And in reality, it's a relationship building business. Now, there's an art to then enrolling someone to become a client. Notice I didn't say selling coaching packages. There's an art to enrolling people in a way that doesn't put selling pressure on anyone. And it does not involve hassling people in Instagram DMs, pretending that you care about them. And a great book I can recommend is The Prosperous Coach by Rich Litvin and Steve Chandler. I'll link it in the show notes below. We're not going to go into that right now, how to actually enroll clients, because today this episode is about where you could even meet people without getting stuck behind the computer, so to speak. But it's something I will be going really deep in teaching and training clients in, in the Fierce Salon that is coming up. It's a conversation that comes up all the time. And if that happens to be the focus that you want to have in our six months together, because I tailor the experience to you, you can find out more about that at thefearsalon.com. And I'll link that below as well. So the reason I'm giving you all this backstory is because of this creative entrepreneurship naturally lends itself to being a relationship business. Typically, there are people who are more highly sensitive, more likely to want to be less on tech and more kind of in the world and also a little bit more kind of analog, maybe hands on a little bit. That doesn't mean you don't use marketing or technology or whatever, but what I know for sure is these tools of high touch are timeless. If the internet broke, this is how you would build a business. This is how people have built high touch businesses for centuries. This is how you can continue to grow a business, but also take it to the next level, but also start your business if that's where you're at as well. And I'm not just talking about coaching. So my dad is the best example of this that I have. He had, he's retired now, but he had a residential building company for over 35 years, maybe 40, I don't know. His business was amazing and he was never without a lineup of projects coming through the door. And he only built a website in the very last few years of business and it didn't do anything like, sorry, dad, it was like a crap, really crap website, right? Just sat there, it was like a weird static page because he didn't really need it. His tagline was, building relationships that's what he did I know right it's a pun it's a play on words building but he'd do such a great job not only at the building but managing his team and managing the people that worked for him and working with the architects who were working with his clients so the architects wanted to suggest him as their builder every time they had a new client And he connected with the owners of the homes. He wasn't just like a random builder that wasn't there or that never spoke to them when things went wrong. And those owners felt really comfortable and safe with him. So they'd come back and ask him to do work for them again when they were renovating again or moving again, or they'd buy another house. And then their friends would do the same because they'd tell their friend, we've got a great builder. He did this, 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 and this. And, And because he did great work, those people saw it. And he just always had a lineup of people ready to work with him. That's just how it worked. Word of mouth is marketing. Doing fantastic work speaks for itself. It is marketing and it's still the most powerful form of marketing that exists. And it works along any other of the fancy things that we have available to us. But as creative entrepreneurs, just remember it's in building genuine relationships with everyone that the magic happens, that we create exponential success and that we have available to us any day and any time we start there from building relationships and everything naturally flows on a certain number of those relationships it's not up to us a certain number of them will end up becoming business now i like to use the example of building because it feels less attached i want to say than when someone is say a coach And they feel like oh if you decide not to work with me it must be me it must be about me whereas when you can think about it in the sense of just any business we are for some people and we're not for others if we can deal with that sense of rejection that happens every day whether we're aware of it or not you can become incredibly successful and focus on just building genuine relationships so no matter if you go high tech or high touch it's in building those relationships that leads eventually to the seats that you have available for your work being filled, whether that's walls to put canvases on, whether that is client in a media business that you run, whether that is you're a coach, whether you are some form of artist or writer and you want to sell your work, to, Like it, it starts with building relationships, okay? Now, now that we have that out of the way, I think it's going to make more sense when I tell you that. Literally your potential clients are everywhere and it doesn't matter where you actually meet them. I'm going to share some stories of how I've met clients and created clients in the past. And hopefully you'll see what I mean because people get really caught up in like, where do I meet high end clients? Do I need to go to the most expensive gym in the city and like hang out and make pretend friends? You can do that. Of course, it's going to depend on where you hang out naturally, but don't you think it's a bit weird and strategic? I want to highlight something to you. It can be a lot more natural than that. So I am super conscious of things when they just don't feel genuine, even if there's an inkling of strategy behind it, it just feels completely weird. And that's why there's that paradox that you always have to have when you're building relationships that you don't become too attached to where the relationship goes. You just don't be a dick, basically be a good person, make friends with people, have fun and let the rest happen from there. Pardon my French, but I'm passionate about this. So. I say this to my clients a lot. You really have to experience this to comprehend it, but let's go. So I'm going to give you a few examples. This is how I have created clients before. The first one, number one is new friends. So my version of networking is this, right? I go and have fun. (laughs) I do things that seem interesting to me. I have zero interest in going to networking events. They are like the worst for an introvert like me. And if I meet people while I'm out doing fun things that I just genuinely wanna be doing and I'm there and we talk, great. So one of my early clients was someone I met who was a fellow Aussie at a conference that I attended in New York. And this is just one example of many people who ended up becoming clients over the years. We were part of a small group of Aussies and we all met up for lunch at this conference thing and we all just had a laugh and we stayed in touch. As friends and about a year maybe two later she was going through some stuff and she asked if I could coach her now that happens all the time and I want you to know I have no problem with coaching friends maybe I should make a podcast about this but it's really about setting boundaries and having clear agreements and expectations I do believe you can coach your friends however You have to know this. I never become friends with someone in the hope to become their client. That shit always comes out in the wash. It's gross. It's creepy. It's weird. It's sickening. And you cannot actually fake that. So please don't ever strategically try to become friends with someone. That is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. And I literally mean it. People find this really hard to understand sometimes because marketing seems so strategic. But literally... If you just go out and meet a whole lot of people, naturally people will, some of those people, a small percentage will want to know about what you do because they're looking for what you do and you don't have to sell it to them. You can just give them an experience and some of the people that you give an experience to will end up becoming clients. That's just how it works. But you have to understand how to not be weird. And the first thing is make friends, but don't expect it to go anywhere, okay? Okay, number two, friends of friends or friends of family. Now, sometimes I've actually given away free sessions to people I know and love. And I remember in the very beginning of my business, I reached out to five friends and I told them I was at the beginning of my business. And I said, you have told me that you want to work with me on this particular thing. I want to do it with you. I want to do it with you for free, but because I'm starting my business how would you feel about whenever you think of someone just sending five referrals my way they don't have to be in any time frame they don't have to be anyone in particular but if you think of someone who you think might love my work can you send them my way they're like of course so sometimes it's been an actual setup like that where i've given them an experience we've had clear boundaries and expectations and agreements and then within the next couple of years few people from those people have come through my doors i met a lot of clients that way so sometimes though it's because friends of mine they just know what i'm up to and the people that they know need something i have to give and they refer me and i'm always very very grateful for that sometimes it's because my current clients have referred me to their friends and to their family in person and online okay so i do have instagram i do have social media And sometimes it's because they've been like talking about what they're doing with me or something like that, that someone else in their community finds out about it. But often what happens is I'll be working with someone and then they're like, this is awesome. And they tell their best friend about it and their best friend comes and works with me too. Mentors, number four. Okay. So that was number three. Clients have referred me. Number four, mentors have referred me to their students and colleagues. Isn't that cool? Sometimes I'm working with somebody. And because they know I'm really committed to the work that I do, it's got nothing to do with how good I am at marketing. A mentor of mine, and this has happened probably with five, I'd say different mentors. They've been like, I don't have time to work with this person or I think that you are the perfect person to work with my friend or my colleague and I trust you because I know what you're doing. So I've had mentors refer their friends, their family and their clients that they can't work with for whatever reason. To me, number five, I've had old colleagues come and seek out coaching with me. And that is through my university days. It's through, I used to be an actress. It's through school. I've had old colleagues show up and say, hey, can I have a session? Number six, on a boat, on adventures, in hostels and fancy hotels. (laughs) So again, I've been out in the world doing my version of networking, having fun, going on an adventure and meeting people and having a great time. And in passing conversation, I say, what do you do? And sometimes I lie and I say I'm a roller coaster designer and then I tell them that I'm joking because nobody wants to hear that you're a life coach. And sometimes I say I'm a life coach or I work in personal coaching or whatever I say, I don't care. They'll either go and seek me out or ask more about it or we don't talk anything about what it is that I do. We just have an awesome conversation and then they find me on social media and they see what I do and then they reach out. But the first initial thing is the relationship and the connection that we have. And notice, I'm not selling anything. I'm just having fun and meeting people because people who are in creative entrepreneurship tend to be their business. Like you are the business. It's the business of who you are. That's what they are at first attracted to. And then it's about them buying into their vision for their life. It's got nothing to do with you. So I've met clients on a boat. I've met people literally in hostels, just sitting around and having chats in different countries. Yeah, I've been on hikes, on adventures and just met people. And it might not be straight away, but sometimes it's years later. Speaking of years later, number seven through sport. Fifteen years later, I've had people who were students of mine who have grown up, (laughs) (laughs) because it was 15 years ago or people who were my competitors and my teammates they've known for a long time that I do coaching and they have come to me for support now some of that is because they have seen me showing up and doing my thing sometimes it's because they had an experience with me as their coach in our sport Sometimes it's because, you know, there are a number of people in my past who have actually helped become world champions, and those people have spoken about what they did with me and passed on my contact details. So you can start to see how over time it slowly just starts to become a bit of an ecosystem, right? People tend to really rely on the trusted advice of someone that they respect. And I know for me, I was looking for a therapist lately and someone that I admire and respect who is a therapist gave me the number of someone. I didn't even look around for anyone else. I was like, if you know this person, and you trust this person, that's it. I don't need to look. It saves you a lot of time. So number eight, here's a great story. My husband's friend's wife's work. Okay. Totally random. I moved to a new town. My husband was my boyfriend at the time and I met some of his friends and one of his friend's wives, I got chatting with her one afternoon when we stopped in for a visit and we were just talking about what we do and what she does and whatever else, and on we went. And within a couple of months, that person had actually requested that I come into her workplace and do some public speaking and some coaching with her team. So I didn't even know that was happening. But the next time we ran into them, she said, would you be up for doing this? We have this International Women's Day speaking event. Can you do it? I was like, I would be honored. That would be amazing. And it was just literally through my husband. Sometimes you're the only person they know at what you do. And because they have a connection with you, it's why they want to do it. In fact, it's often the most common reason why people want to work with you. Number nine, coaching colleagues. So people who are supposed to be competition, right? Technically, I don't believe in competition. Some of my colleagues have referred their clients to me because they finish up with them and that client is looking for something really specific and they're like, you need to work with Haley." Number 10, helping out at other people's events as part of their crew or as a support coach. Now, I never rock up with the intention of getting clients. Again, super freaking creepy and gross. (laughs) However, When I'm in those spaces, I come alive. I get to meet lots of different people. We have a really good time and they just know what I do anyway. So they'll reach out on their own. Okay. We are at number 11. Notice I have not said Instagram ads or any of that yet. Now let's talk about that. We're at number 11, 11 things before we get here. But now I want to tell you about YouTube. Now I haven't posted on YouTube in four years, actually coming on five now. But I do have a great story about this. I had someone reach out to me one day. I just got this application from an incredibly inspiring human being, still one of the most incredible women I've ever met to this date. And she said to me, I don't really need to have a call with you and get to know you. And I said, well, I'd really like to know who you are. And she said, well, I don't need to work out if I want to work with you. I've been having lunch with you for six months. I was like, what, (laughs) what are you talking about? And she said, every day at lunchtime, I sit down and I open up one of your videos on YouTube and I learn something new and I really love what you do. And I want to dive deeper with you. How cool is that? Okay. So that is marketing. That is something that took me years because without any feedback with talk, feeling like I was talking to a brick wall, you know, all that. Over years and years and years, I created a bunch of videos and the way I like to paint the picture is I feel like every time you create something timeless, although if you look at my videos, they are ridiculous, they're definitely not timeless, but every time you do put something onto the internet, it's like a thread that makes one thread in a huge tapestry that makes up the beautiful artwork that is your work and your body of work, your business. So while each individual video didn't necessarily make me money straight away, it was over time the experience of watching that and learning from that that someone had that had them able to then be able to work with me. Now, up until that point, the entire way my my business grew was actually through me just meeting people, making connections everywhere I went and having a good time. And I still do that today. Now, today, I live in the bush, okay? I'm like half an hour from the nearest town and there's about eight people there. So my connecting these days is done in different ways. I reach out to past clients. I create a lot of ways that I can serve people on the internet. This is just in case you're wondering. But I also, I still go on adventures. I catch up with old friends. I'm always doing things and meeting people as best I can when I feel like it. And that in and of itself still keeps that new meeting people experience at the forefront. So I sign up to work with other people. I still work with mentors. I put myself in new communities and new situations all the time with absolutely no intention of it going anywhere, but except to have a good time and everything, everything just works out off the back of that. Okay. Number 12. Again, this is another experience that people have had with me. But I made a bunch of meditations and I put them on Insight Timer. And for some reason, it's really cool. People just find me there and then they go, hey, can we work together? Now, please don't go, oh, I need to put meditations on Insight Timer. My point is I felt like doing that. It felt really fun to me. It felt like service. So I did it. Very different to like being super strategic. But it's the same thing, but it's different. And then number 13 I made some really small, helpful trainings and courses. Again, people have had an experience with me and they found me through friends I've collaborated with and they've ended up talking to me. And then, number four, on the really rare occasion, I will reach out to someone. Okay, so notice the first 10 had nothing to do. with having the perfect marketing strategy and my message being super clear and the right opt-in and perfect website and blah, 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 blah. I didn't have any of that for the first four years of my business. And when I got really caught up in needing to have that, my business drastically slowed down because I stopped doing all of the things that made my business work, like going out and having fun. It's about doing that combination of high touch and high tech now, okay? So if you're already coaching people or in creative business, I want you to think about the last five or six people that you worked with as clients or customers. Think about how you actually met them. Was it through someone you had worked with or through someone that, you know, I think would be really, really interesting to figure that out. Was it through having an adventure, a random spot where you met someone? Have a think about that. I really hope this episode has been helpful and insightful in sharing with you that the client's that you might be looking for are actually everywhere and we can't make assumptions about who they're going to be or who they should be. And that's got nothing to do with us anyway. It's just about being the kind of person who's out in the world connecting with folks in whatever way feels good to you. And I made a joke about getting your boobs out in the title because in this day and age of social media, it's really easy to think the loudest thing is what works and we have to be Putting out so much, literally, but it's often the quiet, consistent things that make the biggest difference in people trusting you and knowing you and feeling comfortable and safe around you, to be honest. So, I really hope that you can see that. I certainly have experienced it where someone has sort of feigned connection with me or pretended that they were my friend or that they knew me or that they were half interested in what I'm doing, but I knew they only reached out because they were selling something. And even if I wanted the thing that they were selling, it left a bad taste in my mouth. So there's a huge difference, right? Sometimes that push. It does get more people over the line, but I don't think it's a sustainable way to grow a business, especially in the relationship business, such as coaching and creative entrepreneurship. So I hope this helped. I hope it has given you some food for thought. I hope it has helped you see that it's not that there's a very specific gym in the center of London where all your dream clients are hiding and working out and just waiting for you to show up next to them and randomly be on the treadmill. But it's actually just everywhere in your life. You get to meet a bunch of people and eventually people do want to work with you because that's just the nature of it. So if you enjoy this episode, let me know. I get asked questions like this all the time inside of my personal programs, but I often just share that best stuff in the Fear Salon and inside my coaching programs like NLP. So if you want more, leave me a comment and I'll be sure to create more sort of publicly. So thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Remember, everything you want is so much closer than you think. So stay curious, stay open and go have some fun. See you soon. Hey, before you go, if you loved this episode and working on building relationships and creating clients in interesting places is something that you would really, really love to learn and go deeper on with me, I invite you to come and speak to me or check out the Fierce Salon. This is a six-month group training program where your goal is tailored to you. And if client creation is something that you think you could really use some support with, we'll be going deep into that it's not the only thing we do in the six months it's incredibly laid. it's incredibly fierce but it's certainly something that I help people with all the time so make sure you reach out or check out thefiercealon.com and you can book in to have a call with me enjoy your day I'll see you soon